All right, I think not yet. Oh yeah, we are live. This is Armin Navabi from Atheist Republic, and we are with Amen. What's up? <laughs> hey, Amen. So, thank you so much for joining me and to have this discussion. Uh, a lot of people tell me that you can't find Muslims to have discussions like this with you, and I'm saying, like, no, that's not true. There's many Muslims that are willing to have these kind of discussions with us atheists and ex-Muslims and you know so I really appreciate you proving people wrong that you're not like little snowflakes that can't be approached or else you're going to break if we talk about these kind of things but can you tell uh, us yeah go ahead <laughs> thank you I guess <laughs> yeah tell us a little bit about yourself sure I grew up Muslim uh, to two Egyptian immigrants who met here in America and fell in love uh, so I grew up in New Jersey. I went to an Islamic school for about half of my schooling. Uh, and then I went to public schools for the rest of them. So I have this sort of one foot in, one foot out perspective where I have experienced the Islamic school strict upbringings, uh, but also uh, got out in time where I was able to uh, form really uh, strong relationships with people who are not Muslim or have never met Muslims in their lives. So for a long time, I spent uh my entire childhood being some sort of ambassador to the islamic way of life you know uh so i feel like uh through that i've developed an ability to talk to people in a language that makes sense to them and to not uh have my ego wrapped in it so that way i'm not constantly being offended by people who uh feel like they don't want to be offensive right and i actually found uh, out about you when you went to an ex-muslims of north america event which is they have this campus tour the um, the ex-muslim speak out tour and i was very a lot of people were very impressed that you went as a muslim to check out what ex-muslims are saying and you recorded a conversation with sarah Haider and muhammad sayed and it went was very friendly and you were very open-minded and you were trying to understand them um, and that was very encouraging to see. Uh, so, wh wh why did you go there, and what was your expectation? And yeah, the, the first time that I heard of the, the ex-Muslims, it was me trolling like the far right websites, you know, looking at Breitbart and seeing, wow, this Muslim saying something. Or uh, on Fox News, they'll bring on an ex-Muslim to to sort of deliver this uh, insider spill spill the beans type character, you know, hmm. uh, where they describe the community as being. Uh, violent or aware of terrorist attacks before they happen. Uh, some outrageous things to, that, to hear as a Muslim. So I feel like through that experience, I had this inherent bias towards who an ex-Muslim is and what, what they see their roles are in, uh, in informing people about Islam. Uh, and so through that, uh, I feel like I got defensive. And I don't want to speak for anybody other than myself, to be honest. Uh, but I, f I felt like I was getting defensive. Uh, back on now, uh, it felt like every attack on uh, the Islamic community was an attack on me and my community. Uh, so I've always felt like I had to keep my guard up. Uh, so uh, the reason why I was meeting with Sarah Hader and Mohammed Sayed uh, was because I'm producing this series, which uh, for Slate.com, which is hoping to move past the uh, stereotypes of the Muslims and the, the self-proclaimed anti-Muslim adversaries. Uh, so through that, I wanted to have these really impossible discussions about the Islamic American way of life for Islam in the West at all uh, through these actual real 
uh, experiences that people had in these communities in these topics. Uh, so apostasy is something that comes up a lot. Mm. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's illegal in so many parts of the world. Uh, and it, it, you know, in some cultures, it really could be a dangerous place to be uh, an ex-Muslim or even to, to be outspoken towards uh, the popular religion as a whole. So I um, was always aware that that was an issue and it was a problem. And through my entire life growing up, I've just known people who became less enchanted with Islam and decided to, to take a different path uh, that are still really like good friends. So uh, my experience was always being friendly and talking with them and people who aren't even necessarily religious at all, but wouldn't call themselves ex-Muslims. So uh, through that, I felt like that was an important topic to tackle and tells the story of a lot of Muslims living in the West. Right. So you, that's the understanding that you have of ex-Muslims and because you know ex-Muslims and because you reach out to ex-Muslims, uh, you know, you have a more um, nuanced understanding of them is, you know, it's not like they all hate every ex-Muslim hates Muslims and stuff, right? Because most ex-Muslims, their families are still Muslim. How could they hate Muslims, you know, if their brother, sister, you know, children, uh, parents are still Muslims? Um, and they grew up in Islamic communities, right? Yeah, yeah. And also the way that people consume media now, uh, where everything is reduced to a quick uh, one-line soundbite where they'll take the most insidiary thing that someone has said and present that. And if this, if that's the only thing that you're uh, exposed to, you know, uh, when it comes to either Muslims or ex-Muslims, uh, it's going to develop an inherent bias in anyone, I think. So I think uh, it's really important to get in the same room and talk about the same things using the same language. You know? Right. Um, he, here's the thing, though. You, you approach ex-Muslims, but one thing us ex-Muslims or anybody else that wants to criticize Islam, I think has to do, which I have been trying to do, but people have been, some people have been telling me that I'm failing, is to reach out to Muslims as well and ask them how, what's the best way for us to attack Islam without Muslims personally feel like they're attacked. And I use that at, uh, the word attack on purpose because I don't want to, I, I want to use the same vocabulary that I use. Um, you know, I could have just said criticize Islam, right? But I don't want to. I don't want us to hold back on the problems that I that I have with Islam. Um, but I want to be able to communicate with Muslims in a way to tell them how can I how can how can I do this? How can I go out full against Islam mm -hmm. without holding back any punches? But at the same time you do, with making you feel like i am insulting you or i'm personally attacking you like yeah you yeah go on let me yeah i think uh core to that problem uh is just language you know and how we use language and how uh we uh, when we express something using certain language uh it's not always going to reach the receiver with the same message that you were trying to deliver uh and i think that that's something that we should all be more conscious of not just ex-muslims but everybody also uh, Muslims, you know. Uh, so I think uh, if at the beginning of every time you want to reach out to a Muslim and attack Islam like you're, like you're describing it, I think uh, you shouldn't use the words attack Islam, you know, uh, because when you say it, you're explaining to me what you mean by it. Uh, but really, you know, what you're 
describing is isn't an attack You're, you don't want to attack muslims you want to uh criticize the ideas that are in islam or in certain communities within the muslim communities so i think uh by having an agreed upon language beforehand and using certain language that we know uh, that what we're saying is what's being understood and what's being heard i think that's step one in trying to uh get people on the same page as you uh because uh one of the analogies that i always give people whenever they ask me how do i uh how do I talk about Islam in a way that won't upset Muslims? Is take female genital mutilation, for example. Uh, a lot of times people will say, I don't like Sharia because female genital mutilation. Uh, but there's some Muslims who will feel sensitive to the word Sharia and feel like that's something that they understand to be uh, not such a bad thing or not have any, anything to do with uh, female genital mutilation at all whatsoever. Uh, so to them, they want you to say, no, 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 don't criticize Sharia. And then that turns into the whole, well, you're telling me what I can criticize and what I don't criticize. But really, if we just said, hey, female genital mutilation needs to end. Like that doesn't exist in this uh, century, you know, at all. Uh, it's, bar it's barbaric and has ruined the lives of many women, you know. Uh, so I think if that's something that we can talk about as a Muslim and an ex-Muslim or uh, people who have nothing to do with Islam or Christianity or atheists or anything, uh, that's, you know, we're agreeing upon the language and we're using that. But if I were to say, uh, I want to be able to attack white people or I want to be able to attack Judaism. I, I can understand if a white person or a Jewish person would feel, wait, 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 why do you want to attack me? But those are two different things. Okay, here's the reason why I, why I don't want to change the language when I'm talking about Islam, but I would want to change everybody that when they're talking about Muslims because I want to emphasize on the difference between Islam and Muslims, right? Because what if my problem with Islam is not parts of Islam, but in all of Islam? Do you know what I mean? But I think that there's no reason for anybody to hate anybody else because you think they have they have the wrong opinion. You know what I mean? Like even if I if my problem was not female, you know, FGM was not some parts of Sharia law. Some part, my problem is entire Islam altogether. That if if my problem is the entire Islam altogether, that has nothing to do with my the amount I like or dislike a person that I think has a wrong ideology. You know what I mean? The, for the example that I give is, let's say somebody says that I want to attack atheism, right? But why do you want to attack atheism? Because you think. Atheists, if they don't become Muslim, they're going to go to hell. And you care about atheists. So that means your attack on atheism, not only is it not an attack on atheists, it's actually because you care about atheists. So you might be wrong, you might be right, but it has not, your atheism and atheists are separate things. You, and you don't you want to say atheism is dangerous i want to attack atheism atheism is the most dangerous ideology in the world because it's robbing people of an eternal afterlife you don't want to say i'm I, I, oh no i just only hate communists or some really evil like no no you have your problem is not just certain types of atheists your problem is atheism as an ideology altogether and not because you hate atheists but because you care about atheists and you get along with atheists and you could have drinks with non-alcoholic drinks with atheists right and you could do all that but that doesn't mean i mean this is the only topic that people keep 
uh, you know, if if like if somebody like if you go to university, one professor, uh, economic professor, thinks capitalism is the worst thing that has happened to in in history. Another person thinks socialism is the worst thing that has happened. To. These two professors, even though they completely disagree with each other, they never think that the other one of them is attacking the other one personally. They just disagree on on what I mean. On the street, in in the real world, is different. But at least when it comes to intellectually, people disagreeing with each other, they don't. They never see this as a personal attack, right? The reason why I don't I don't want to adjust the language when it comes to Islam itself is because I'm talking about Islam. I'm not talking about Muslims. And I want to I want when I I want Muslim I want Muslims and other people to understand the difference. And also the examples that you give were different two examples. You're gonna say I, I don't talk about all white people or Judaism, but those two things, one of them was people, the other one was an ideology, right? So of course I'm not going to say anything against all white people because I'm talking about people, right? You can never tell people. You can never say being white is something wrong, right? That's a horrible thing to say. But Judaism itself, I can say Judaism is horrible. I've read the Old Testament and it's absolute bullshit. I think, in my opinion, right? That has yeah. nothing to do with my view on Jewish people. In fact. Most Jewish people don't believe in it either, right? Most Jewish people have the highest percentage of secular and atheists, uh, you know. So, I think I think I would get what you're saying that right. uh, you want to be able to say Islam, Islam, uh, with the with the idea that if you use it enough, people will be, uh, begin to develop uh, the distinguish. They'll be able to distinguish between Muslims and Islam. Right. Like that's what you want to do. Yes. Right. Okay, yeah. uh, so I think that's uh, built on the 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 idealistic idea that uh, everyone at this level is ready to accept that there is a distinction between Islam and Muslims, uh, and I think that that's uh, I wish we lived in that kind of world where that was the uh, the initial uh, understanding of that phrase, uh, but we just don't, you know. Uh, I don't think that uh, uh, every atheist will agree with the sentiment that you just made. That if someone says I hate or I, I, I have a problem with atheism, sorry, uh, that that means that they have a problem with them. I think that uh, you'll find atheists that'll feel that way. Uh, I think the part of the problem really is just the feeling that people experience when they're reading things that are being critical about their identity. Not so much about what they believe in. When, when you say Islam to people, uh, not all of them are going to think, okay, he's talking about the scripture you know uh, or the, the 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 order or the judicial uh orders or anything like that though they're gonna thank me they're gonna thank my islamic community my mosque my my family my mother you know uh so i think uh you know it's i agree with you that we should be able to criticize the uh the scriptures and criticize the leaders and criticize uh any kind of established structure that exists even if they have muslims in them uh, if you want to criticize Azhar, you should be able to do it, you know. Uh, but I think the problem comes from uh, wanting to express a sentiment and at the same time hoping that the sentiment is going to be received on the other end exactly the way that you're hoping to express it. I think as long as you're going to uh, decide using to use the words attack in Islam like that, then, um, you know, you're uh, obviously entitled to do so. But I, I seriously doubt that the people that you're talking to are always going to uh, come to the same conclusion, which okay, he's talking about. But if they read the uh, full article, I in school and not me. 
Right, but if Sorry. they read the full article instead of just the headline, if they come to any, I mean, I clarify that every time. The the reason and the reason why I think that we should we should not, you know, when somebody says I want to attack atheism because I I care about atheists, I, I, I that person shouldn't um, hold back on attacking atheism, is because if we there's going to be people, let's say there's people that want to kill atheists because they're scared of them spreading their ideologies, right? But there are other, there are other people that are really scared about atheism spreading as a view of people. Okay, yeah, people that are going to comment atheism is not an ideology, is a lack of, yes, yes, okay, I know. But, um, but let's say, but there are other people that they don't think like that. They think like atheism, the main victim of atheism are atheists because they are, these are the people that need saving. These are people that if they die are going to go to hell and they want to attack this ideology and they, they want to destroy it spreading because they care about these people. Mm -hmm. As an atheist myself, if I try to shut these people down, and tell them to please don't talk like this. This is sounds like you're attacking me. It sounds, you know, please be quiet or please let's deplatform these people. What I'm doing is I am making the only anti-atheist voice to be these people that want to kill me. In fact, I could have used these other people that want to actually educate me and make me a Muslim, maybe, or a Christian. I could have gone to those other people that want to kill me and like, look, these people are also anti-atheism. Maybe you should look, maybe look at them. Maybe try their approach because they're talking, they're not, they're not trying to kill me. They're trying to talk to me to convert me to Islam, right? Like, look, they, they're saying the same thing. They're saying atheism is dangerous, like you are saying, but they want to attack atheism by talking to me. So instead of trying, instead of trying to make them quiet and make them adjust tone, I would actually highlight them as a way to attack atheism. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, this this whole rise of Trump and rise of alt-right and everything, all this is that happening um, was predicted because people were shutting down these conversations. A lot of people predicted that this is going to happen. Um, people said that if you shut down these conversations, the only anti-Islam platform is going to go to people that are racist and are bigots and people didn't listen and it happened and that's why i think like not only we shouldn't not it's in the best interest of muslims not only to make these voices tone adjust once they recognize who is actually a bigot and who hates them as a person but who is attacking islam as a idea not as the people that hold because there's nothing being wrong is not a crime let's say i'm wrong Mm -hmm. or, or let's say you're wrong or let's say the Christians are wrong so fucking what right they're just wrong I'm pretty sure I'm wrong about many things that I don't know right you're wrong about many things that you don't know you're wrong about right so if I say atheism is uh, bullshit and it shouldn't nobody should believe in Islam uh, so if I say Islam is bullshit and nobody should believe in it that doesn't mean that if somebody believes in it that we should hate them they're just wrong or I'm wrong. I don't know who's wrong, but somebody's wrong, right? Yeah, but I think uh, that language for like is is fine. You know, uh, what I was talking about specifically was using the phrase uh, something like 
I hate Islam or I hate Muslims. I think just being specific is going to help, you know, uh, especially like being more specific never hurts. Uh, right. That's the, the first thing. Uh, but also I'm just trying to uh, understand uh, the, where the stance comes from, because I feel like uh, I've my entire life, I felt like I've never been anywhere where criticism of Islam was silenced or suddenly wasn't okay. Uh, on TV, I felt growing up like every second was a criticism of Islam. You know, the very fact that uh, the way that the, the culture, like, uh, you know, Iron Man 3 starts with uh, the event before uh, Iron Man starts getting shot at by missiles, by people going like, oh, no, 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 you know? I don't think that, uh, you know, because Care or somebody will tweet or say something like, hey, that shouldn't happen or that's messed up, that that's somehow silencing them or or making America into this, nobody criticize Islam. You're right, you're right. Uh, you, but, but, what's happened what has happened is that the people that care about their careers people that have other jobs people that that have as civil you know problem you know with islam but you know but are are, are not anti-muslim right yeah, you're talking they, about political correctness right you know, yeah but those people have been silenced because they will maybe lose their job, right? Or, you know, something like that, or did not get promoted or not get invited to events anymore, right? The people that have stayed, are, have remained loud uh, is, are the people that have made a career of being anti-Muslim themselves, you know what I mean? And and those other people that are not anti-Muslim, they decided to be quiet because the consequences to them here career-wise or other reasons or friend-wise th these are the things that they care about they don't want to lose the people that have remained on have kept their platform are the people that have that have made their platform and their friends based on their anti-muslim bigotry you know what i mean uh, yeah the voice hasn't gone away the voice is louder than ever but it's louder than ever to the wrong people yeah i agree right i'm, I'm just saying that it helps if muslims Right, like a lot. Of, I'm not saying it's rare. Actually, I know this is actually something that I know a lot of Muslims recognize. It's just they are also scared to say this publicly because they're afraid of other Muslims that don't recognize this. That they that's, see uh, that's starting to happen less and less. So I'm really optimistic about uh, the younger Muslims and the next generation of Muslims. Uh, you saw it in America. You know, you go back one generation. We're not going that far. Uh, and women didn't have the respect or the, uh, you know, uh, that they have today, you know. Uh, so I think conservatism is in Islam, in Christianity, in Judaism uh, as a whole is starting to lose its power in the West. And I think that there's this like this, this really strong and vibrant new generation of people who are agnostic and atheist. And people who feel like they are they can uh, relate to a religion culturally, but not, uh, uh, you know, religiously, uh, like you do, uh, like we've had in uh, in very strict religious communities. Uh, and I think that this is something that's going to change faster and faster, especially with the access uh, that people have to so many different ideas on the internet. Uh, we are uh, the most enlightened generation, I think, uh, at such a young age, and people are being more outspoken. Younger people have better access to technology and getting their voices heard. Uh, I think uh, if we wait one more generation, this idea of uh, Islamic fundamentalism uh, in the West is going to be laughable, you know. Uh, so I think 
the more we focus on the younger generations and the people who are actually speaking out uh, against these horrible things that are, are happening around the world, uh, then I think we're going to create a really strong united community of people who are religious and non-religious in tackling these real, can I curse? Like, yeah, of course, please. Fucked up issues, man. I'm talking about the ones in uh, in America where kids are feeling like they can't uh, tell their parents that they're gay, you know, uh, and that's in Muslim communities and Christian communities and every community. Uh, so I think uh, this whole idea, and, and I'm talking about like young Muslims uh, talking about homosexuality, like what, you, you still care about that? You know, uh, I think conservatism as a whole uh, is in trouble. And uh, as long as us... Uh, you know, younger generation kids keep talking to each other and sharing ideas and meeting in the hypothetical coffee shop uh, that conservatism is not going to survive. But um, but I don't want to just be here's the thing, though, I don't I, I'm not I'm not saying Muslims being less conservative should even be a condition for us to be able to get along with them. I want to be able to say I hate Islam and be friends with conservative Muslims as well. Do you know what I mean? I want even the conservative Muslim to be able to say, well, I hate atheism. And I tell the conservative Muslim to say, well, I hate Islam because of this, this, and that, and still get along with that conservative Muslim. You know what I mean? I, I, this is what I'm saying. I'm a, a complete separation between how you judge ideas and how you judge people. You, you, I'm not even making the you, Muslim being liberal a condition for me to get along with them. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what you're saying sounds great, but I just think it's very idealistic. Again, I think uh, the thing know, is that I don't think they're going to overcome all of this conditioning that they've had their entire lives, you know, into feeling like their their religion is their identity, and an attack on their religion is an attack on their identity. They're not going to unlearn that. Uh, I so I think I uh, I think they do though, because I mean, you get you get it, right? Yeah. And everything like educate me first. Yeah, to... but but every single time I gave this example to somebody that look, you could hate atheism without hating athe without hating atheists themselves. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's not possible with Islam. I think uh, after you explain that you're you're not talking about individuals and Muslims, that you're really just talking about these specific ideas that you don't like within Islam. That's fine. Uh, but I think uh, that's a language thing. Like, I didn't understand that until you explained it to me. So right. I think uh, going back, like, I think uh, the more specific we get with our grievances, the more common ground we're going to find. I don't think being vague is ever really a good idea. Yeah, but yeah, really of course. Yeah, you have to explain yourself well. I agree with that. But um, but given that I I still have not had an experience when I have explained this to a Muslim and they did not get it. I still have not had that experience yet. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier than I than it, than people make it seem like it, right? And I think it's very important because the whole problem that we have is the confusion of ideas with identities, right? right? The, we can't even start this conversation before we get past that, right? Be because you know how could how could I even if I have a small problem or a big problem or if it's about all of Islam or is this this part of Islam? As long as Islam is your identity, then my attack my my any issues that I have with Islam is going to come across to the community as an attack on them. Totally. So I have before we ha I have to, we have to separate these two right and. 
and I don't even yeah. understand, you know, this this whole mixing these together has is the is the reason why the why why all this problem is happening. And if if we manage to separate these two together, then you know, Muslim Muslims that are being discriminated against need allies, okay, and the people that are fighting Islam but not fighting Muslims. These are people that will actually challenge Islam but defend your rights, defend Muslim rights, right? And these are going to be the best allies because these are people that will call out the fucking bigots because they keep on they keep jumping on our bandwagons and we point some of them we point to them that you don't belong here and some of them shift to our point of views. Right. A lot of people, we started saying Islam is problematic because of this, because of that, because of this. And they're like, oh, these people are like my tribe. And they jump on our bandwagon. And then we say, like, we need to defend Muslims here because they're being attacked by Buddhists and Burma and stuff like that. And then half of them jump off. The other half is like, oh, so you could actually attack Islam and also not be against them as people. That's interesting. I never considered that. Right. So. I do think I do think Muslim when they need allies, we need allies too because we're ex-Muslims. Okay, um, I think since we need each other, it's we, you. You're telling me that we need to tr explain ourselves better to make sure that we people understand that the, there's a difference between attacking Islam and attacking Muslims. But I'm hoping that also um, Muslims try to listen more because the problem is in the West. And I know you might disagree with this, but a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people on the left, they have made a career out of pretending to defend minorities, right? Yeah. And the bigger the threat is to Muslim, the bigger their causes. So it's in their interest to, because I do think this whole white nationalist thing is maybe a fringe group. I don't know how big it is. I think we're giving it more credibility by grouping us with them. And um, I do think that if you, if these, if the people on the left, because the problem is not big enough and it helps serves their interest for this problem to be bigger, they go to Muslims and they pretend that they're protecting them from us. Right? And, and yeah. that doesn't help anybody. Go on, sorry. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally see where you're coming from, and I agree that the, like, there's that Matt Damon clip. You know what I'm talking about with like him on Bill Maher, uh, where Sam Harris is trying to explain that. Uh, well, I want to talk about this verse, this verse, this verse, and he's like, no, that's like saying shifty Jew or something like that, uh, and like that's an, the perfect example of someone on the left just taking the defense way too far. So I, I, I totally hear you, and I see where you're coming from. Uh, but one thing that I think that you're uh, sort of overlooking. Uh, is the the Muslims themselves who are open and criticizing Islam already? You know, I think there is uh, more of us than ever uh, to to constantly imply that Islam needs saving. Uh, which I mean, in in light of how ISIS took over all of that land, you know, they're being kicked out now. But uh, yeah, that was a huge, huge problem, and, and Muslims in the in that region should have taken care of it much quicker and much more efficiently. Uh, but I do think that Muslims in the West and in the East and in the Middle East and in Asia and everywhere else are 
criticizing Islam and criticizing their leaders. And the reasons why they have to be so aggressive and militaristic is to keep those people quiet and shushed. You know, um, uh, in Saudi Arabia, they were scrambling to keep any sign of uh, the, uh, the Arab Spring happening uh, in that country entirely muted, you know, uh, because they really want to stay in power. The same thing in Egypt happened, you know, uh, people uh, stood up very aggressively against the Muslim Brotherhood. And mm -hmm. there was this huge discussion about uh, what role religion should play in people's lives. And they decided as a people that it should have a, a much less powerful political role, you know. Uh, but then you also have people at Al-Azhar University, also in Egypt, where the, the appointees are, for, are government officials, you know. Uh, so everything has been corrupted. And I think the uh, the young people in the Middle East and these Muslim majority countries who are rising up uh, and are fighting, you know, sort of few, the, their fight is futile because what they're up against is armies, you know, and U.S. backed dictators. So I think we need to give more credit to those Muslims who are criticizing, uh, you know, uh, Islamic theocrats and autocrats, you know. So I think uh, it's also happening a lot in the West. Uh, and at the same time, I think you're right that we both need allies. We both need to uh, stick together because we understand each other and we, we know the language more than anyone of uh, what the Muslim community uses. So I think uh, feeling like you should be able to say, uh, you know, fuck Islam. It, it, you, I think it will happen. But I think the conservatives themselves and the people who are feeling like their identities are their religion, and that's not the fault of either the right or the left. That's just how uh, being a minority works in a country. Uh, so I think their identity feeling like they're linked with all of their neighbors because of their faith or uh, with the community because of their faith. That's just going to lead to their identity being uh muslim you know uh so i think right well, well we need to we need we need to link to them so that they that that um islam is not the only thing they use to link to other people but i sympathize with that but but here's here's the thing let's say let's say i'm a capitalist and you're a socialist right yeah. but we're both pro-democracy right and we're yeah. living under a dictatorship right i'm gonna join you in a like let's say we're planning a protest together right to go you know, against the government yeah, that we yeah. live in a country. Take the government down. <laughs> Take the government down. Like we're starting a massive protest at uh, 2 a.m. where, you know, we're planning. I'm not going to be like, hey, listen, socialism is fucking bullshit. So let's call quits on this plan. I can't do this with you. No, right? Mm -hmm. I can still cooperate with you and call socialism bullshit and you could call capitalism bullshit and we could still fight theocrats or dictators, right? And I don't think that should be a con full agreement should not be a condition for me to work with you, right? So when it comes to religion, people can't, it seems people can't get that. I, you know, I'm from Iran. I lived most of my life in Iran. I, I was in protest against the government in Iran alongside other Muslims, okay? Most of the uh -huh. people I knew are Muslim, right? I know how this works. I know most people in Iran, most Muslims in Iran are against the government, okay? Uh, most Muslims in Iran want more freedom, right? Not just most people, most Muslims, okay? Um, so most Muslims in Iran don't want an Islamic theocracy, okay? Right. So, but I could recognize that. I could work with them. I could cooperate with them and still say fuck Islam. 
I yeah. should be able to, you know, and they shouldn't kick me out of their group because I said fuck Islam, because we have a common goal, right? We have a common goal. We should be able to work with each other. They should say fuck atheism, and I should be able to say fuck Islam, and we should still be able to work with each other. Yeah, I think that still relies on the impossible idea that people will by themselves on their own without this conversation happening uh tell themselves this isn't an attack on me this is an attack on so and so verse or or this problem within the religion i think uh you know you need to use a language that will be mutually understood and i think that's just language 101 like i uh, i think eventually once you establish these relationships and once we're all on the same page and we're all trying to protect democracy uh or protect any movement that we want to protect together uh i think that can happen only if we're using language that's mutually understood mm. uh, but but the thing is that they're not listening to us like let's say for example the title of the video is fuck islam Okay. And they come listen to it and they think like, I'm going to be like, fuck Muslims, kick them out of our country. They're all barbarians. They all want to kill us. Right. right. There's a lot of that. Right. But they okay. come, they, they come watch this video and they get something different. This has happened a lot. Like we had like a event with uh, ex-Muslims of uh, North America. The event was called fighting Allah. Right. And I think some bunch of, um, some, Muslims were there to come and criticize us, but then slowly they stopped leaving because they thought they started noticing that we're not the biggest that they were looking for, right? Um, but yeah, misunderstanding I, the, sounds like. Yeah, but the thing, yeah, but the good thing is that they showed up because of the title. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. if the the video title, if it wasn't "fuck Islam," the Muslim wouldn't show up, and they they came there and they started listening, and they're like, okay. I never noticed that there are people that hate Islam but not Muslims. Right? So why say fuck Islam? And why not you know do something where they feel invited instead of feeling they attacked? don't, they never show up. I tell I'm telling you, like I want but once they show up, then they notice that we're not against Muslim we're ne we never say fuck Muslims. Yeah, but you know what, what I mean? if you're an ally within the community that was like, hey guys, this Armin guy he's he's pretty chill. He's not gonna he's he's not here to say fuck Islam. Well, yeah. I am there to say fuck Islam because I don't think there's any problem with saying fuck Islam. <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, like, you're not here to say fuck you, is what I'm right. saying. Right, right. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm telling you that people will get curious when you attack their ideas so unapologetically. And, they, and it's good because they come and see what the fuck you have to say. And then they notice that you actually don't hate them individually. And I, more Muslims, you know, for example, I know you, you probably are going to disagree with this. I have an article called um, Islam versus Nazism, right? And I say why Nazism, Islam is worse than Nazism, right? And God. yeah, but the, my argument is if you, if you read the article, you'll see that I'm saying that the reason why I'm against Islam is because the main victim, the victims of Islam, which are mostly Muslims, and here's a, here's an example I'm going to give you to why that if you flip this around, it makes sense to me. Because if you if if Islam is true, then atheism versus Nazism, atheism will be way more dangerous than Nazism, right? Because let's say I have it, I have my child, right, and two scenarios. 
uh, I'm a Muslim father. My daughter goes out, and these Nazi skinheads come and beat her up, and she screw. They rape her, and I'm crying, and they, you know, I go to the hospital, and she has bruises all over her body, and it's fucking horrible, right? Second scenario, this atheist dude comes and to my daughter or to my son, and he's very nice to her or to him, and they become friends. The second scenario should be more worrying to me. Why? Because the first scenario, my daughter suffered for a temporary amount of time, right? She's going to heal. She's going to be OK. Even if she died, she suffered for a temporary, and then she's going to go to heaven. This fucking second scenario, as a Muslim parent, I would be way more worried because they are risking my daughter or my son going to tortured for eternity. Okay. Do you think I all would, Muslim parents think that way? No, but I'm saying as if I was a Muslim parent and if that was my ideology, if I was, I would I think that's a justified point of view, right? If if that if somebody believed that not being a Muslim will make get you eternal torture then I understand why they are more worried about atheism than skinheads running around or Nazism or anything like that, right? I will get that. I will get that perspective, right? So when I tell people, let's say I'm fucking wrong. Let's say I it, like everything that I think about this world is wrong. There's God. There's an afterlife. Islam is true, right? What I try to tell people in that article, for example, is that if you look at it from my perspective, at least you try to see where I'm coming from. Even if you look at the victim, like people tell me, like, Armin, how could you say that? Look at what happened. You say that right after Charlottesville, right, right after somebody died by at the hands of Nazis uh, in Charlottesville. I like, I tell them, you motherfuckers never speak about anything that is happening in Yemen. How many people are talking about what's happening in Yemen right now? This is a Shia versus Sunni proxy war. How many people are dying every fucking day over there? And nobody's talking about it, right? This is how many people in Saudi Arabia and in Iran, um, in Syria, how many gay people, how many people for adultery, how many people are in love that can't be with each other? How many people feel disgusted of who they are because they're gay? Add all this all, all this up. How many Nazi governments do we have today? Zero. How many Islamic theocracies do we have today? Definitely more than zero, right? But and then people say like, oh, you look at Islam, you're saying you're looking at these countries, you're looking at these theocracies. But I tell you, Islam, I would have a problem with it if even if not a single person was practicing it because I see it as untrue. It's a claim, right? Let's say. Every single Muslim in the world was peaceful. There was no jihadist, no terrorist attack. Even at that point, if I open the Quran and I read it, I would be like, this is bullshit. Because it's making a whole bunch of claims with no evidence. Maybe I wouldn't say it's as bad as Nazism anymore because it has zero victims, when, when, you know, but I will still call it bullshit because it has zero evidence for any of its claims, right? even without the harm that it's causing today. But I might be completely wrong. I might be completely mistaken, but the intentions matter. If I, I mean, a lot of people in the West, 
They're only talking about Islam when there's a terrorist attack on Western countries. And they are completely silent when Muslims are dying. Most terrorist attacks in Islam, the victims are Muslims. They don't give a shit when Muslims are killing Muslims. Even Muslims don't care when Muslims are killing Muslims. Look at how much people are talking about Syria and Iraq. Because, you know why they're talking about it? Because Western media is talking about it. Even Muslims don't, I don't hear, the, even in, in, in Syria or in Iraq, the TVs are not fucking talking about Yemen. Even though Yemen right now is the greatest humanitarian crisis of our time. It serves no one's agenda to talk about it. It doesn't serve US's agenda to talk about it because they're, they're making shitload of money off of it, right? They're selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. It doesn't um, serve the agenda of Muslims because it's Muslim on Muslim. If it was Buddhist on Muslims, then they would definitely be talking about it, right? It doesn't serve the anti-Islam um, people talking about it because they only care when non-Muslims are attacked on, uh, by Muslims, right? But if people actually cared about people instead of Muslims or non-Muslims, this Yemen thing would be the, the headline news every fucking day. But the Charlottesville attack gets headline news. One person, not that it wasn't a tragedy, it was a fucking tragedy. But if that was a tragedy, then Yemen is a tragedy times a million. Yeah, I think uh, you're touching on a lot of really important notes right there. Um, but I do think uh, this is a problem that I see with, you know, how we consume media as a planet. Uh, you know, I work for a news organization. I know what it's like. We're sitting around thinking which headline is going to get the most clicks. Uh, you know, we're not sitting around thinking, OK, what is the most important thing to talk about right now? Uh, when we want to choose what we're going to cover, we're going to look back at the previous months. It's a business. It's okay. Uh, last month we did this and this and this, this worked, this worked, this didn't work. Uh, then, okay, we're going to produce more of what works. It's capitalism. Uh, and I think, uh, capitalist companies are going to try to make as much money as possible. And how do we make money from people clicking on whatever we're, we're serving them, you know? Uh, the same reason why you want to call something, call a panel, uh, fuck Islam so that the Muslims can show up. Uh, it's not necessarily, uh, what you're trying to say in and itself, but that's what, uh, you're broadcasting so you can get the attention of people. And I think that's the same reason why people are so much more interested in Charlottesville because they're like, Ooh, there's a race war. Wow. It's right versus left. It's, it's arena sports at this point, people are rooting for their teams. So I think they're going to care a lot more about Republican violence or Democratic violence or Hillary Clinton or Trump than they would about Muhammad Muhammad dying in Yemen. You know, and I think that's but, really, really fucking sad. Yeah, I mean, even even in Egypt, even in Egypt, people were telling me in Egypt, people were talking more about Barcelona versus Spain, right? The Catalonia yeah. situation than what was happening in Yemen. This is in Egypt. This isn't an Islamic country. Right. But the thing is that I know this is how things work, but it doesn't just have to it because it works like this. It doesn't have to be always about money. Right. This is why if I, it, it, the title that I have, the Nazism versus Islam, and I compare them. Right. If I and I mention the, the situation that is happening in Yemen in that article, guess how many people would read that article if I said the war in Yemen? Yeah, imagine how many people would read it if you said this is the Donald Trump sex tape. You know, uh, what you're right. you're talking about is how to attract attention on the internet, and we right. both know the answer to this. It's not what's most important that gets viewed the most. 
Well, you know, yeah, but, uh, but I f what I'm saying is that you could bring attention to things that are important by not tone adjusting. Do you know what I mean? You, the article itself could be about something that is very important, but you could make you could represent it in a way where more Muslims, where more atheists, where more ex-Muslims, where more people just show up, right? Even if you are talking about something more um, very important. Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah, I just think that uh, as long as news media is a business, we're only going to care about the false flag, you know, uh, race attacks and hate crimes in America. Uh, because those are going to be seen as victories for their teams or whatever, whoever's rooting for who uh, on whatever side is involved in that equation. Uh, and we're going to hear a lot more about that than we are going to hear about the people dying in Syria or the people dying in Yemen or Palestine or anything else. But but here's my question. Would you like if so you don't think atheists are going to go to hell? You don't believe in that? Uh, I think that if you're an atheist, it shouldn't matter. Like in this uh, world, but in, what about in the next world? In the next world, what do I think is going to happen? Uh, I don't think that uh, the most merciful, the most gracious, what we call God, every single time we open the Quran, right. uh, would put somebody in eternity uh, in, in hell because their understanding of Islam is something evil. Okay, good. Okay, so, uh, well, so okay, what I would, when I, when I hear something like that, right? There's two things happening here. I, I said, I point out that this, in my opinion, that's actually on that view is un-Islamic, right? And it's against the Quran. But at the same time, I, I, would, I would contest that, though. I See, know like you would. I know you would. I don't want to. I don't want to debate that right now. But I'm just saying. I would say, in my opinion, that's un-Islamic. But then people come to me and say, "Why would you say that?" Because this is a person that has a more progressive view. Why wouldn't you encourage that? I'm saying, no, I appreciate that view, right? And it's because I think this person's humanism is trumping over Islam, okay? And I think, in my opinion, and I might be wrong, maybe you're right, maybe I have a completely misunderstanding point of view. When I, when I read the Quran, it seems to be clear to me that that's not correct, but maybe I'm wrong, right? But I can consider that a contradictory view with what Islam teaches and appreciate it at the same time. You know, okay. these uh, so I, I totally hear what you're saying. Uh, and I think uh, that you would be right depending on who you're talking to. Uh, so Islam as a religion is not practiced the same in every corner of the world. Not even in the same corners of the same states. People vary in their interpretations and their beliefs. And Sharia law, even in Saudi Arabia and Iran, they're different. You know, even though they're both theocratic, oppressive regimes. So I think it's a totally fair thing for you to say, well, no, I don't understand that because according to this and this verse, this says this. This is my understanding of this. That's valid. But to declare that it's un-Islamic or that it's, there is no debate to be had or to oh. declare that the, this goes against the true and only interpretation, I think that is what some people would perceive to be helping the other side. Okay, let, let's talk about that. That's very interesting. Of that version. Okay, right. There's, there's two different things you said, right? First of all, I'm not talking about practice. I'm talking about the book itself, the Quran itself, right? Even if right. nobody... Which is in itself. Sorry, go ahead. 
No, go on. You 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 were saying which is in itself what? Yeah, the the Quran, which in itself uh, encourages the Muslims to interpret and to understand to the best that they can. Right, to the best that they can. But there is God's one message. God had one truth. Right, so it's it's okay. God may forgive you for misunderstanding it or not. I don't know, but there's one message in there. Well, there's one truth, one reality. Right, God doesn't make mistakes. Right, according to itself. But um, there's one thing to say that I'm wrong. There's another thing to say I can't say what's right. Right, I can mm -hmm. say. Two plus two is five. And you can say, well, that's fucking wrong, you idiot. Uh, but that doesn't mean that because I believe two plus two is five, I shouldn't declare that that's the truth. Obviously, if you believe in something, you're going to declare it as the truth. We could say that I might be wrong, but this is my understanding of what the truth is. Even right? Hitler thought that he was right. Right. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying I'm, one, I'm right. Right. Well, I'm 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 obviously wrong about some things. I don't. I just don't know which ones, or else I wouldn't believe in them. Right. Right. But based on that, when I read the Quran, it seems to me pretty obvious that the kafirun are going to have a very bad time after they die. Right. It seems pretty obvious, and I'm going to declare that uh, this is the only message that this book can say, th that is saying. Right. You. It's one thing. So you, there's two. Two responses to that. Other people like, if you if somebody says to me, "Well, you could be wrong," I accept that. Yes, I could be wrong. But if somebody says that you shouldn't declare this as truth, I don't accept that. Well, because that's my opinion. Of course, I'm going to declare my opinion as truth. Everybody declares their opinion as truth. That's why it's their opinion. If they didn't see it as truth, they wouldn't hold that opinion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, that just goes back to language for me. I think uh, just being more specific and trying to communicate exactly what we mean to each other. Right. Open the world uh, up to every kind of experience. So uh, the way that uh, I was taught the Quran in Islamic school and the Hadith and everything was at its standard, right? Mm. This is the absolute truth. There is no other interpretation allowed. Uh, and we are the gatekeepers of this truth, and we are the ones passing it down to you. So study it the way that we're teaching it to you. And uh, for a long time, I, I sort of felt like uh, trapped in that in that uh, the beliefs. And Islam became uh, an exercise, you know, getting up five times a day to to just you know to do it, so that my parents see that I do it, and that's it. Uh, but I didn't actually come back to it uh, until. Uh, I met who now became my wife, this uh, this person who became my spiritual mentor, who opened my eyes to say, well, okay, let's go back and read it, reread it again. What does this mean? Okay, reread it, but again, slowly. Okay, read the verse after it, you know, uh, where I really began to form a spiritual bond uh, with, uh, with Allah or God, you know, uh, and I feel like that's a direction that, uh, you know, a lot of people were heading in before uh they just had their heart set on it you know so i think everybody's gonna say and believe that everything that they say is truth so i think saying you're a liar or you're an asshole or you shouldn't say that that's you know you're you're inviting that i think if you are to go and say something like i understand islam fully and my uh 
you know, my idea is true. And that goes for both of us, not just for you. Uh, you know, I have a lot of Muslims that will comment on every, anything that I produce for Slate and say things like, that's not how I learned it, so you're lying, you know? And I think that that's part of the problem with all organized religions but, and a return no, to spirituality will actually uh, benefit us, you know? So I think okay, uh, by endorsing the most extreme ideas, uh, maybe endorsing is too strong a word, but to say, well, look at Saudi Arabia, this is how they're, they're executing atheists, therefore, this is Islam. I think uh, that's worrisome because, especially if we're going to talk about how important language is, uh, what you're doing verbally is you are saying that that is the truth and everything else is a lie. And when it comes to a war and ideas, you are benefiting the people who are doing the worst. But I don't so think, I think those people listen to atheists on how to interpret Islam. <laughs> and they don't listen to me either. Right. You know? But uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, I mean, this is what people tell me a lot. I say, like, by interpreting it the same way that fundamentalists do, uh, you're aiding them, right? And that's, that's not true at all, because first of all, fundamentalists never ask themselves, let me see what the ex-Muslim atheists interpret the court away to see how we, let's follow the, uh, their model. Another thing is that the, the main difference is that we're saying this is, this is interpretation, therefore it should be abandoned. And they're saying this is an interpretation that it should be followed. I think the difference there is way bigger than the fact that, that we agree on the interpretation, right? I mean, if, uh, if, if I read the, like Mein Kampf and I agree with Hitler on what it says, does that mean that I'm endorsing Hitler? No, right? I'm just agreeing with the interpretation of it. Of course, if I say this book is anti-Jewish, and Hitler also thinks that Mein Kampf is anti-Jewish. Does that mean that I'm endorsing Mein Kampf? No. And and the thing is that we keep um, when we keep people say like, oh, don't look at Saudi Arabia, don't look at Iran. I'm saying even if not a single person in the world was following the way the Quran, the way I think what Quran is asking you to do, right? Even if there was zero examples of somebody actually following the book, the way I think what it teaches mm -hmm. i will still say this is a very barbaric violent book and, and that's your, that's your right to do so absolutely right. and i think uh that's you're right but i think as, as a muslim person if i'm obeying the law right if i uh continue to 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 serve my community as best as i can as an american uh then i have that right to practice my religion freely uh and part of that part of that parcel is also, you know, you're inviting everybody to interpret everything as they see it, which could open the door for like the way that you'll read the Quran as it being like instructions to do harm to people. Uh, so if that's against the law, that's against the law. Like if you if it's against the law to murder, obviously, there's nothing that can justify it if you're going to live in that community and everything. Uh, well, of course, of course, this is against against about Islam, against about yeah, Muslims, so right? I, you're right to uh, just to wrap up i think it's your right to say yeah i think islam instructs people to behead people you know uh and that every muslim is instructed by the quran to do so and i can say actually no i think that that's an entirely uh different kind of interpretation than what than what's more common is that everybody just wants to have a good job and pray and you know and be good to their families right i mean exactly. and 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 I and we could get along while doing that at the same time, right? And, and 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 the thing is that I think we could get along if I say this book is barbaric, I think this book is extremely barbaric, and you say actually I think this is book is very peaceful, and you think I'm 
I'm an idiot for thinking this book is barbaric, and I think you're being stupid for thinking this book is peaceful. And I think we could still be friends. You know what I mean? We could, you know, I, I think, I really think that's possible. I really, yeah. really think that's possible. Me too. Me too. But, but and, and, and also, I think that, you know, I think I really want to stress the part. There's two examples that you gave, and I think they're, they're very different, right? I can, I can say this is my idea, and I think this is the truth, right? But I could be wrong. Right, I think you could declare your idea as truth because it wouldn't be your idea if you don't think it's the truth, right? I, right. I'm, I'm not because at the end of the day, one interpretation is correct, and the other ones, I mean, the whole word the writer was. Why, why, why does it have to be like that? Why does one is interpret? It, don't you think there's an objective reality out there? Uh, when it comes to God and religion, no. Well, about there's, everything, there's nothing objective in the way that I see God. There's nothing object. Isn't the whole point of religion? Isn't the whole pro okay, Anyways, in my opinion, <laughs> I thought my, you know, it's funny because people keep telling to atheists, uh, like, how could you have objective morality or anything without God, right? That's what they come to, us, to tell us, right? And if, if so, anyways, but in, in my opinion, right? One of us is right. One of us is wrong, or both of us is wrong, right? It can't be two okay. truth out there, right? Maybe you're right, maybe I'm right, maybe we're both out of our minds and Christians are right, right? Or maybe totally. the Jews are right, right? They can't we can't all be right at the same time. Contradictory views cannot be right at the same time, right? Anyways, I'm hearing echo now. Um, but I'm saying that doesn't matter. I could be I could tell people that everybody is wrong and I'm right. Right, but probably, obviously, I shouldn't be certain about my views. I should say probably I'm right. You could be like everybody else is wrong, and my interpretation is correct, probably. And you just having a little bit of doubt there and saying probably, and you know, leaving room for being wrong doesn't mean that you can't declare your ideas as truth. Because if you didn't think your ideas are truth, you would stop believing in them. That's how belief works. You believe in things that you think are true. So I don't understand when people come to me and say like, how could you, why are you saying your idea is the truth? It's like, because it's my idea. It wouldn't be my idea if I didn't think this is true. Like that's how it works. But you know, having doubt that that doesn't mean that you're just gonna stop declaring something as true. Do you understand the you. difference? Yeah, I, know. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, I mean, part of the biggest problem of why all religions have all led to wars is people wanting to uh, impose their construct of reality onto everybody. And I don't think that's ever the case. I don't think anyone, any two people, have the same reality. Uh, and part of why I think the Quran is so magical and amazing is because of the million ways that you can read it and because of the million ways that you can understand it. Um, you know, there's a hadith that's one of my favorite ones uh, came from Aisha uh, radiallahu uh, anha that uh, beware of the person who says that he ha has the ultimate truth and that that's a hypocritical thing to say because only God knows the ultimate truth. Uh, so I think that that to me rings true uh, in the way that you're saying that it rings true, where everybody's reality is going to be for them and it's theirs alone. But, you know, I actually see the vagueness of it actually as part of the danger of it, right? Bec like not just with the Quran, but also the Bible, right? Is because it has these fluffy, sweet little things in it and um, the Christianity and the Quran and that would be the PR front 
when you're a minority, right? It could be used as a PR for not like m Muslims, whoever the ruler is. To distract or to conceal other things. Right. No, but I'm just saying it's, it's a weapon that could be used for anything. It could be used for charity and doing good things. But once you gain control and you have a whole bunch of people, it could be used for elections. And once you get more control, you could point to it and interpret it in a way that you could start killing people. Because, I mean, this is why when you know that you human declaration of human rights is very specific every single word is defined you can there's not very much ambiguity in it and if there is ambiguity in it they come and fix it because, right. but th these ambiguous parts of the book is not an advantage i think it's actually a, a danger because it could be the sweet little thing that nobody should be worried about when it's when it serves people and then all of a sudden it becomes this horrible dangerous thing that could be interpreted in beheading people or get taking people's rights away when it becomes it, become, it takes you into a position of power but but again it's absolutely true but but in but you say people shouldn't force their their view of reality on other people I agree with that 100%, but I think people should be able to invite each other to their understanding of their views, right? So a lot of people say like, you know, I'm okay with Muslims as long as they don't try to preach uh, preach to me, right? Or I'm okay with Christians as long as they, sh they come and try to preach Christianity to me. I'm like, why the fuck shouldn't they? It's, their, they should, it's freedom of speech, right? You, uh, Christians should be able to come out and say why people should be Christians. Muslims should come out and should be able to say why people should be Muslims. And atheists should be able to come out and say why all of this is fucking bullshit and people should stop believing in ancient fairy tales. We should all be able to come out and say these things. It's, mm -hmm. This is not forcing anybody right. to, this absolutely. is an invitation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I will defend your right to say those things. You know, I think this is basic human rights 101 uh, uh i do think that uh you know in the way that i've read the quran and i'm always going to say that just because i feel like everyone who reads it has their own uh subscription to their understanding of it so i think uh islam to me encourages free speech and criticism and the prophet himself was called out in the quran uh by god and said hey yo you screwed up you need to apologize to so and so uh, you know, he also got in trouble with his wives a couple of times and they had to put him in check. So I think uh, the the best way for me when I'm trying to understand Islam is trying to understand it in, in the context of the people that it was delivered to and and not looking, OK, and examining one verse and saying, OK, this verse means this. You know, uh, there's a verse about uh, beating women, for example, that's circled around a lot. Uh, but there's how many verses about women being a part of you, you know, and, uh, and your spouse. But does being, that excuse that verse? That you have to does that, uh, that... Uh, yeah. So there's like oh, so many verses that I, t uh, I can point to that talk about love and compassion. No, but, and does, but the love and compassion verses excuse the verse that says that you should beat your wife if she's, if you fear disobedience. No, I think, uh, that you need to take them as a whole. I think in order to say, uh, make this statement, that Islam teaches uh, men to beat their wives, then all of the other fifty verses need to also be, uh, um, but you know, considered and accounted for. I think part of the problem of just looking at one verse and saying, "Well, the book means this," is that you are excluding. Uh, but you acknowledge that it includes that. Yeah, but I think also as Muslims, we need to uh, accept 
that that's what that verse is exists and how do we how we as the 21st century peoples need to read and understand it me and my wife she's also muslim she's the the spiritual mentor that i talked about earlier but you don't uh, think it's okay so, to beat your wife i'm sorry what you don't think it's okay to beat wife beating you don't no, think, I it's think okay? that there's no use for it in this century uh at least in, any century yeah actually uh for for me and the my relationship with my wife no anybody's like relationship, anyone's relationship with their wife in any century yeah, I don't at think any it's ever place. acceptable i don't think it's ever acceptable uh because, and that's why i think you are a better person than the quran so does the quran and in, instruct people beat your wives no it, does. it doesn't say that uh, it never said that but uh, it'll say okay if you have a disagreement with your wife first you have to do this and then yeah. if that doesn't work you have to do this and then if that doesn't work you have to do this and yeah that third one was beating your wife the third one is yeah and gave like the clarification on that uh but then there's the verse about how um uh not the verse i'm sorry the hadith about how the woman is like uh you, the woman that you marry is like a bone um in your rib cage and that See, if you try fact, to straighten it out it'll even break those nicer ones the fact that it says the woman that you marry shows that this whole book was directed to men there's not a it single does, yeah of course yeah yeah so the, so the audience of the book says men like the, there's no verse that says hey woman you're i gave there are. you no it doesn't say that woman i gave you husband it tells men that i gave you women because of this Right? No, there's there's a couple of okay I can send them to you and maybe you can put it in the description but there are okay. I mean not a lot I'm not going to characterize the entire book as being for everybody but they do exist no it, it, there are verses that says men and women right but th there's no verse that is specifically right. directed at women the same way that God speaks hey men I gave you women for this I get treat your woman like that do this to women do that to women right there's if women are mentioned is with men right but the other like, i mean there's a whole chapter called surat al-nisa right yeah but the uh, names came after the name uh, yeah, the but it's, came the, after. it's the the whole chapter for women it's not for women it's for men say, about women that, but there's all i can send you the verses they're in there i, I, I read the quran you. many times yeah so you don't remember the verses like oh women lower your gaze and that if you're you know there's like it'll say the first verse directed to men and then the verse that comes right, right after right it, i'm it saying like every time if if you either have i know i'm like arguing to me all right anyways okay okay if, yeah, this sorry. is not my question somebody tagged me to ask you this question this is not my question yeah. right now because this is a always people ask us do you acknowledge that muhammad married aisha when she was nine she six and uh no i think that hadiths uh all of them are you know uh they come from these first or second or third so you're a quranist um, am you... i a quranist what does that mean that I, I i ignore the hadith entirely no oh uh i but i do uh you know acknowledge that every hadith uh comes with a qualification it says according to so and so this who is... heard it from so yeah. and so but this whole this is um sahih bukhari right so this is the most which so sahih bukhari is a collection of hadiths the better sourced ones uh but still all hadiths are coming from the second or third verse or second or first uh third but this uh, is whatever but perspective all the ones that mentioned that she was six when muhammad married her and had sex when they were not when she was nine these were these are sahih hadith uh there's also uh within the islamic community uh you know a debate about how old she was you know, it's not as conclusive as many make it out to be. 
Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, we don't know much for a fact about his life uh, from the seventh century, you know? And I think that uh, as a Muslim person, I am supposed to be looking at the Quran as fard, like that's the word of God. Right. Like that is the ultimate instruction and best advice for me. And it should be applicable to me the same way as applicable so, see, this is to everybody. A, but this the hadiths themselves are not that, you know, they're they're meant to uh, supplement. So I don't think that uh, honestly, that's even instruction to marry. Right. But or I, endorsement of I don't want to get into that debate. I just want to say this for me, from my perspective, I went to and said this is the reason why people sh shouldn't see hating Islam as saying hating Muslims. Right. Because to me, most Muslims are good people. And for me, these are excuses. These are excuses to not follow the parts of Islam that are disgusting and abhorrent, right? And, and the reason why these are excuses exist because most people, including most Muslims, don't want to do these things. Most Muslim men don't want to beat their wife. Most Muslim men don't want to marry a six-year-old girl. Most Muslim men don't want to behead an ex somebody that has left Islam. Maybe even if they say it in a poll, if you actually get, even the ones that say it in a poll that yes, ex-Muslims should die. I bet you 90% of them, if you put an ex-Muslim in front of them and put a knife in their hand, they're gonna shake and they're gonna like faint from the first sight of blood that they see, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Um, I don't, I, I, I really think people in general are good, right? And the difference between my view and your view is not the judgment on people the difference is that you think they are being true to their interpretation of islam and islam could be seen in many different ways i see it as good people finding excuses to not follow a very barbaric ideology right good people right what's the difference well the difference is the difference is the reality the difference is the truth because i care about the truth right even even if even if this book had zero consequences in our world today if somebody if many people claimed it as true i would say where's your evidence for it and upon not receiving any evidence i would be like well we can't believe in things without evidence even with zero consequences because reality the truth matters you know if I know we can never be sure if we have the truth or not, but there are ways to check if we're getting closer to it or if we're getting far away from it. And I think believing in random nonsense based on the fact that it was written in an ancient book, even if it's people with good intentions and people that are not gonna harm anything, is gonna slow down progress because the more your belief system is based on reality rather than fiction, the better decisions we can make to progress, the, the more effective decisions that we, we are able to make as human beings together, that is going to produce positive results. If we have understand how the world works, what, what is false, what is not false, you know, this is, you know, even this is why it's not just Islam, it's Christianity, Judaism, uh, Scientology, all of this, we call all of it bullshit. 
right? The only difference with Islam is when we call Islam bullshit, people think we bring racist. We, do, we nobody thinks we bring racist when we think when we say Christianity is bullshit. Nobody calls us bigots when we say Scientology is bullshit. Judaism also has a problem because for some fucking reason the the word Jew has is both a fucking race and a religion. So now that's caused a whole confusion. So when we say when we say Judaism is bullshit, people think we bring racist. You're like this. Imagine imagine how big of a deal confusion this would be if the word Arab and Muslim were the same, right? People are already calling us racist, even though these two are completely separate thing. Most you know, only 20% of Muslims are Arab, right? And people still call us racist when we criticize Islam. So imagine the confusion if these two words were the same thing. So that's why we have this problem with Judaism because the word Jew is the name of both religion and, uh, and ethnicity. So we, ch we try to focus on the Old Testament so that people, if we say the Old Testament is bullshit, uh, so people don't call us anti-Semites, but I don't know. It's hard, it's hard, man. <laughs> right, so if you were to just go and be like, Fuck Jews! Like I think people are correct to call you out and say, "Hey, yes, of course, you shouldn't say that." Yeah, but what if I say "fuck Judaism"? That's the difference. Also, like, I think there's a there's a so the, the difference between criticizing Islam and criticizing Christianity in a country like America is the same with, uh, like, can you be racist to white people the same way you could be racist to black people? I think inherent to any minority is uh, this feeling of alienation and being otherized you know uh how many mosques need to be protest protested in america uh before people say hey why don't you guys feel american you know uh before they stop asking that question but, uh but you we know are the, but we are the people that will say fuck islam and also stand with muslims when they want to build the mosque do you know what i mean yeah i mean those yeah i mean there, there's no absolutes but what i'm saying is uh you know, the people who feel like they need to defend Islam, uh, if I can try to empathize with them, is maybe uh, what I think that they're doing is they're, they're just, they don't understand how to talk about it the same way that I might, or the same way that you right. might, because you experienced it. So to them, they, they're having a harder time, uh, not because they're stupid or because they're liberal or whatever, uh, but just because they're just less exposed to the vocabulary, you know? Right. Uh, so instead of uh, wanting to defend the people that they see as being oppressed. And yes, in a lot of ways, Muslims in America are oppressed. They um, are. They are. Yeah. Nobody is denying are, that. I mean, I mean, so I'm not denying that. Standing up against oppression. Right. Which and, is an and, honorable and noble thing. But I think uh, you're right that a lot of times it can disrupt a, a, a good conversation uh, because it's taken too far. Yes, that exists. But I think it's not uh, deserving of a, a blanket condemnation of liberal liberal defense of um, of Islamophobic uh, statements or attacks. It they do be, exist. That should be relabeled to Muslim bigotry. Islamophobic makes no sense because Islam is an idea. Can, yeah, can I, I suggest more Muslims? More Muslims? You don't understand. What? And I also think using the word phobia is kind of dumb too. Yeah, I, I yeah, oh, I agree with you on that. Can, can, if I think the better word to use, which is a real thing, is anti-Muslim bigotry. That's a, because I think the whole Islamophobia, Islam, Islam is an idea. You can't be bigoted against an idea. And and I think it's yeah. Now we're going back to the the language thing. This yeah, is great. The thing is, yeah, no, I don't want to go back to that. But I'm I'm just saying it's more than just people. I understand people. 
you're saying we should understand people because they're trying to find against oppression and bigotry. And I'm saying this is this hurts their cause. Totally. When it gets taken too far, it'll hurt the cause for sure. Even from the beginning, if people if people stop criticizing Islam because they're because they don't want to be bigots, they're making room for bigots. Because then nobody is speaking against Islam other than the bigots. That's what, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I totally understand what you're saying. I think uh, that you're right that if we stop educated dialogue, we're only going to leave room for the extreme voices. Right. For sure. Uh, but I think if you can't differentiate between the people who are, uh, you know, feeling like they're being attacked, if, if, you can't, if you don't understand the language, yes. you shouldn't be part of the discussion in the first place. Oh, so I think, yeah, uh, oh, I think you're saying I shouldn't judge people for feeling attacked. Of course I don't. It's not their fault. Of course. It's not their fault. If if they hear somebody saying Islam is bullshit and they think that they're, they're being attacked, I don't judge them for feeling being attacked. I think the environment has caused them to feel attacked when so anybody speaks against Islam. It's not. It's absolutely not their fault. I agree with you on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think... Uh, language will bring us closer and i think the more that we talk yes using the same words this is why we're the recording terms, this i mean the same things we'll, we'll understand each other this is why we're recording this so that more people can see that i think islam is bullshit and i and you and we can still get along right i mean we i think we can can we right lots of people think islam is bullshit i guarantee you you're gonna have a hard time finding a muslim who's gonna be shook by that statement no but i i don't want them to just not be shook by it i want them to I want him to still see me as an ally. I want him to still see me as somebody that they could count on against people that want to oppress them, against people that want to take away their rights. I want them to see, I want them to, if they hear me say Islam is worse than Nazism or Islam is bullshit or fuck Islam or we need to attack Islam, this is against Islam. I want, if, I'm, I know it's hard. I know it's, it's we have a long way to go from there, yeah. but I want them to know I will still see them as an ally. If they attack atheism because they care about me, I will still see them as an ally. And I hope we could go to a point where we could attack each other's ideas without holding back and still be friends. Because in the end, we're both standing up for human rights. Yes, we are. And that's what matters the most. Right. Exactly. Um, people have some other questions, which is um, people are very curious about your progressive views in Islam. Should I okay. ask them? Yeah. Yeah. Any? Sorry, any I, think, I know. Take. I. I don't have any more questions, but I. I, I told people that I'm going to ask their questions, so I'm going to do that. But um, sorry, you've been very generous with your time. So tell me if it's getting too late. I'll just ask these questions, and then after that we're done. All right. So sure. about the. Uh, Yeah, so somebody's asking about the wife beating verse. Uh, I'm not going to call uh, respond to your answers because I don't want to get into a debate about these things. I just let you respond to it and then that's it. About the wife beating verse, uh, whatever the interpretation, why specifically an instruction for man towards woman? Why not sex neutral? Uh, because I think this was written for the seventh century Meccans uh, and that during that time, uh, you know, there was a, a very different time for women's rights than it is in the 21st century Western world. Uh, so I think uh, the very fact that uh, that God was saying no 
the first thing you do should not be hit your wives was how I read that verse and how I understand it. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to put my Muslim hat on, right? I completely disagree with what I say right now. But the argument is that um, it's, a pro um, it's a progress from what it used to be, right? So for um, it used to be worse. And this is a um, you used to, like the, before, like as soon as you disagree with your wife, you could beat her. So God basically created a step-by-step -step process. So it reduced wife beating at the time. And if you want to, like just the idea, you look at the spirit of the law, if you want to take the spirit of this verse, then the message is progress from what you have at the time. So right. we should continue the progress. Right. right? And, and if somebody were to just get into a disagreement with their wife and slap her over the head, that's clearly against that verse. And that's not what that verse is saying. Right. By the way, I completely disagree with what I just said. I'm just putting my Muslim hand on. All right. Sure. I, I, I've, been, I've been doing this for a long time. I know all the Islam. I sometimes debate with Muslims, and I think like I could do a better job defending Islam than most of them. Um, <laughs> you asked me what I believed, and I. I no, no, no. That was good. That was good. Um, I'm not saying uh, I know. I think, you know, one thing what I want to do one time, because I think the best way to show that you understand somebody is to steel man them, right? Which is the opposite of a straw man, right? And I think one thing I want to do with a Muslim one day is them acting as an atheist, putting their atheist hat on, and I put my Muslim hat on, and we debate with each other. And they shouldn't, like, like pretend atheists like put the weakest arguments right they should show that they understand the atheist position by actually putting the best position yeah. see how good they do as an atheist and i could show how good i could do as a muslim to really show that you're actually listening to other side by uh, how good you could do as a muslim yeah, or an atheist. Fun. yeah um last question um, guys i'm gonna just ask uh, uh last uh question only this is uh, thank you for all your questions and sorry, sorry, thank you for being patient um do you acknowledge in Tweet at me, I'll, uh, I'll do my best to answer all right yes and just because and again a lot of muslims feel pressured not being able to answer something because they're feeling they're representing their religion i know people should understand just because one you one muslim didn't have the answer that doesn't mean that this is this is islam right you know yes. everybody could just do their best with their arguments we are, we are not a monolith exactly uh yeah do you acknowledge in quran um one to five, uh, six, uh, Surah 66, verses one to five, that Allah tells uh, the Prophet to enjoy, enjoy sex with slaves. I don't even know if you remember that. I don't think it, I don't remember that. Yeah, should we pull that verse up? Yeah. Not a Hafiz. Uh, I just want to make sure. What, what did you say? Six, what? 66, one to wow that's actually the first thing that shows up when you type 66 apparently it says something people search a lot uh 66 one to five oh prophet why do you prohibit uh yourself from what allah has made lawful for you seeking the approval for your wives oh i know some people some people reinterpret this as honey instead of slaves uh and allah is forgiving and merciful allah has already ordained you muslims that this this the solution of your oath and Allah is your protector and he is knowing and he's the knowing and the wise um, and remember when the prophet confided to one of his wife a statement 
And when he informed another of it and Allah showed it to him, he made known part of it and ignored the part. And when he informed her about it, she, I know the story behind this. I don't know what happened. This was when Aisha, I think, caught Muhammad sneaking out of the, was this the context when he was sneaking out of the house and he got caught? Um, I think, you know, I think the defense for this, if I'm not, if I'm correct, because a lot of the tafsir around this verse is about Muhammad being able to have sex with his sex lives. And I think Aisha was being jealous, right? And this verse came down and told Aisha to be quiet. Muhammad can do whatever the fuck he wants with his sex lives. But I think the more modern progressive interpretation of this is that Aisha didn't like the smell of honey on Muhammad's uh, breast. So she was like, that's disgusting to me and Muhammad uh, wanting to stop eating honey. And this verse came down that like honey is halal. So eat as much as honey as you fucking like. So that's the more progressive interpretation, right? Right. Uh, either way, in this verse, I see no instruction to take sex slaves. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, the Quran itself is uh, vague in a lot of parts where it says, why would you uh, make something that has been forbidden for you, uh, not forbidden for you, illegal? You know, you should make it legal for yourself. Uh, that to me, the philosophy stands. If you, uh, if something isn't bad for you, then sure, you know, uh, uh, but I see that if that's the context, then sure, that might be applicable to that context, but also that's not instruction for all Muslims to use this verse in that context either. Yeah, there's think, another uh, verse for that though. Uh, when the, you don't have sex with women that are married unless you capture them in war, that, that's a verse for sex slave. That one is a little bit more clear on sex slave, I think. Yeah, but also there's no Islamic empire uh, that exists today, today. Uh, that is acting in the same capacity that the Islamic empire was during the times of the prophet. Uh, you know, uh, so the whole, the, all of the war verses, uh, to me, and like, here's the proper way to, uh, to engage in war if you're part of the Muslim army, if you are engaging on the, uh, the, the conquest of jihad in that context. All of that, to me, feels like it's not applicable because, one, I'm not a soldier, I'm not in the army, and there is no Islamic caliphate that exists but, for me to defend. or to, Yeah, but that's scary, defend. isn't it? Because if so, all of a sudden you feel like you are starting a caliphate, then all of a sudden everything becomes applicable, right? Uh, well, it, it also depends if this caliphate is legitimate or not, or has the yeah, support. But, but who are you to tell them they're not legitimate? That's true. That's true. Everybody uh, has the right to deny anybody else. So my solution is this, like, why don't we just forget this book right? and just sit around and figure out what works best for humanity and just like let's just this is a book it's been it's been 1400 years that's your right yes yeah. you're right, <laughs> right, right. And, I, and i also have the right to to feel like for me there's so much in this book that isn't about war that isn't about uh the, the you know sex slaves or anything right. beneficial and has helped me a lot in uh you know in, in finding my spirituality well i mean I, I i still own three copies of the quran right and i read it uh, and i actually enjoy it and i think it um and i think i it's fun it's more fun when you actually don't think that this is the word of god right because the, if it's not the word of god then you can actually enjoy it as a historical 
piece of poetry, right? Or like a puzzle that you have to solve. What, what, where did this came from? What was the story behind this, right? It's interesting. It's, it's more fascinating when you don't treat it as a rule book because I think there's more efficient ways of figuring out what we should do as humans to, to live better. But we can still enjoy ancient culture and ancient history without actually saying that this is the word of God. That's, that's my part of it. And I understand. And you, that's, that's totally fair. That's totally yes. fair. And I, uh, right. the only place that I would disagree with you in that is that I think that there's room for both. I don't think um, that uh, you know if we're trying to establish a pluralistic society, that's home for everybody, that anyone's religion should superimpose over the other. I think uh, if that's, you know, if we're trying to build a secular and pluralistic society, that uh, there's room for both, you know, well, you could be a religious person. Well, in a secular society, you should leave room for everybody, but you should also leave room for people trying to convince each other out of their ideas, right? Like, right. I ask, you think it's okay for me to be like the way I am forever, right? But... I also don't have a problem with the Muslim that doesn't think this is okay. I think the Muslim that thinks that I should change, I should stop being an atheist and being a Muslim, I, I don't even have a problem with that guy, right? I think that person should be able to go out and tell everybody why they should be a Muslim. And it's, it's, it's a disaster if they're not Muslim and they're, they're going to burn if they're not Muslim. I think that people should be able to do that. And I should be able to tell people why they should leave Islam, right? And you, you're different from both of us. You think you think that I could people could say Muslim or Christian or atheist, and they should be able, and that's okay to stay like that. The thing, me and that Muslim disagree. We think it's better for people to believe in what's true, right? Um, and I think there should be room for all three of us. Right? I think so too. Right. Anyways, I've been I've been very uh, greedy uh, with your time, and you've been very no, generous. This was fun. This was fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I really appreciate it, uh, guys. Sorry if I missed any of your questions. Um, it, yeah, and I um, I'm very in just I just want to say I'm very encouraged, and you know there's a lot of bigots that join us, and I tell them that we need you. You can't just be you can't be rude to Muslims. You can't be you can't just hate Muslim. You need to. How could you talk? How could you change anything if you don't talk to Muslims? And people will tell me that how could you talk to Muslims? They won't listen to you. They all they, as soon as you disagree with them, they get offended and they won't. They will never have a conversation with you. And like people are like yeah, you tell them Islam is wrong, they're gonna behead you. I like what the fuck are you talking about? Like and these I I have these as examples as no, you can have conversation with Muslim. What the, like, is I tell you, I, 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 I get this all the time. How could you have conversations with people that want to behead you? This is the response that I get when I say- How do you have you conversations with the people who think that you want to behead them? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but this proves to people that we are able to have these conversations, if, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, and also like that idea that some world exists where you can't criticize Islam in the West. Uh, show me where. <laughs> that sounds like a nice place for me. But uh, no, no I, I think Islam has been criticized in the West since Islam became a topic on everybody's uh, timeline. And, but uh, Islam is not the... We're talking about the world, though, right? Because we care about... I'm talking the about the West. Right. 
but my when I'm when I'm trying to solve problems, I'm not just focusing on the West, right? Because people say you should focus on Canada, and United States. This is Muslims are, um, you know, being discriminated in the West. We're like, yeah, but I'm talking about every. I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about the situation of you know not just um, not just um, non-Muslims in Muslim countries. I'm talking about Sunnis in Shia countries. I'm talking about Shias in Sunni countries. I'm talking, yeah, you're, about, you're talking about dismantle dismantling the the power regimes and and the incredibly horrific right. uh, human rights violations committed by these autocratic governments. Right. I mean, I mean, our voice doesn't have recognized borders anymore. Like we live in a social media age, right? I don't have to speak as if my audience is only listening to us in the United States and Canada, right? Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, I mean, I know most, you know, Atheist Republic, do you know which country, which, what's the number one fan base of Atheist Republic? Which country? Which country? Pakistan. I believe that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> okay. I, I love this, man. I honestly, if I could go for another two hours, but I know I, I, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm a late bloomer. It's midnight over here and I feel like I'm ready to go out. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All right. I'm going to stop the broadcast. Um, I'll, I'll just stay for one second after yeah, And if anybody has any more questions or comments oh, yeah, or concerns, yeah, yeah. please uh, just find me on Twitter. I think there'll be a link probably, right? Right. Thank you. I told you at the beginning, I might forget to ask you this. Where can people find you? Sorry. Yeah, uh, I'm all for dialogue. There is no way you can offend me. The only way I'll ever block you is if you spam me uh, right. or try to dox me. So yeah, uh, I love questions. I love just discussing things. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at amen.com, spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Uh, and also, uh, I have this Slate series uh, where I'm trying to openly have these really difficult conversations uh, about how the Muslim American uh, experience is so unique in America uh, and what are some of the stereotypes about us and also uh, what are some of the things that ring true uh, right. and how do you discuss them as a Muslim. So um, yeah, I'd encourage you to... So I think out. if you just, on YouTube, if you search for Slate uh, Amon, you're going to be able to find it, right? Or you should can um, click on the links that once this YouTube goes out, you're going to see links in the description. So yeah. go for, if you have any questions that you want to ask him directly, or if you want to check the video that uh, he did when uh, did when he went to talk to Sarah Haider and Mohammed Sayed, that's a very encouraging video to watch. And use that video and this one as an example to anybody that tells you that you can't talk to Muslims, um, they're not going to have these conversations. Prove them wrong with with these uh with these videos especially the one that i'm, I'm went and talked to xmna that was very encouraging to see and i will I, I will link to the channel to the twitter and i'll also link to the video that specific video that i really enjoyed watching that he did in the description thanks anyway, all right and happy birthday oh thank you <laughs> all right